Dominion Fire 360 is on. Welcome, my church. He's Million here with you. M I L L I A N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Today, as you know, I do a lot of media. I do a lot of radio, podcasts, videos, all that fancy stuff. And as you know, we like to branch out and bring people together, connect dots and all that. So joining me today is a fellow media creator, a fellow content creator with a radio program known as Touched by Prayer. Joining me today via, uh, by a phone, by way of Princeton, New Jersey, Miss Lisa Perna. Lisa, welcome to 360. How are you? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. This is going to be super fun. Yeah, when I, f- I found out about your program and I was like, okay, we got to start, you know, crossing and cross-pollinating, as you say, and getting uh, people connected up with each other. So uh, before we get into the program itself, uh, would you please tell the audience a little about you and yourself? Because from what I understand, everything started at some kind of cosmetic counter. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it started. I um, I actually got filled. I, um, I actually read the book, The Shack, in 2009. I had three copies of it. Like three different people gave it to me. So apparently uh, God wanted me to read it. And after I read it, um, towards the end of 2009, I had an encounter with God where I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I started to speak in tongues. And it was just a crazy, crazy time. So for one year, that's all I did is I read the Bible. I prayed constantly. And then in 2011, um, it was time for me to go back to work. So I actually, I actually heard that I was supposed to, in my prayer time, I, I heard God say, you need to go to uh, Craigslist. So I went on to Craigslist and I found this job in cosmetics. Then I came from a cosmetic background. I was actually a, um, an account executive. So I, I traveled and I, uh, I did lots of um, cosmetic events. So I thought, oh, perfect. This is going to be great. And within three months of working there, part-time, by the way, um, God started sending me people to my counter. So I started to pray with them. I started to speak life into them. I started to prophesy to them. I didn't even know, I mean, I didn't even know what prophecy was, quite honestly. So I started to have all these God encounters. I mean, people started to get healed. People... It was just crazy. And this happened for four and a half years. And as I started to become more equipped, more trained in the the art of um, of healing and in understanding what God does and the Holy Spirit really kind of taught me um, it, it. My husband said, I, I think you're supposed to have a show, but but I'm going to just take a step back. I went to my first prophetic conference which is Randy Clark's Voice of the Prophet. And that was back in, I think it was April of 2013. And so um, Larry Randolph, one of the speakers who's a prophet, he actually was saying that there were people who were there who were never released into the things that they wanted to do. And so if that was you, please stand up. So I did. I stood up and he said to me, he said, what's your name? And I said, my name is Lisa. And he said, okay, Lisa, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go to TV. And he says, can you be more specific? And I said, I'd like to have a talk show. And he said, Lisa, we release you into having a talk show. Now that was in April. In October, my husband said, I think we're supposed to do a internet talk show. I said, about what? 
And he said about what you do. And he just was referring to what I do as all the stories that I would come home telling him from the cosmetic counter. In fact, he would joke with me and he would say, lipstick or prayer? Oh, you need prayer? Lisa will be in in 15 minutes. Because it was so common for God to do something at that counter. So that's sort of what kind of started uh, Touched by Prayer, because as I started to have these encounters, I just felt like uh, that God was like touching these people and I was having these encounters and each person had a story. And I just felt that Touched by Prayer was going to be this way for people to talk about their encounters, their, um, their dealings with God and how God has, has touched their life. How long has the program itself been in existence? When was your first episode? And kind of how has it grown from the time that you started it? Well, okay. So I, I didn't know anybody. That was the biggest thing. I knew nobody. So I just had to, I had to actually just be um, obedient to the calling that God had. So I started to use people from my church. So I started it in the, uh, January of 2014. So this, we're going into my uh, fourth year. And I just started to interview people that I just knew from my church. Anybody who had a great story, I just brought them on. And I, then I started to, to meet pastors. And then, so I brought the pastors on. And then I started to meet prophets. So, and that was like a big thing. So then I brought prophets on. But the funny thing about God is God always has a way to bring people into your life. So what would happen with me, I would be on Facebook and I, I actually saw this, um, this book, this new book that was being promoted on Facebook. And it was called The Longest Bridge Across Water by this guy, Jeremy Mangersheen. And at the time, Jonathan Welton actually put a nice little post about what a great book or, and he endorsed it. And I was kind of following Jonathan Welton at the time. So the Lord said to me, friend request this guy. And I said, Okay, so I did. I friend requested him and we kind of chit chatted a little bit and I decided to invite him on the show. Well, after I had Jeremy on the show, we've become very, very good friends. In fact, I've kind of like adopted him as like a spiritual son. But what happened is he opened up the world to different people. The next person that he introduced me to was uh, Dave Hayes, a.k.a. David Joseph, a.k.a. Praying Medic. So, and, and from there, it just, Facebook just became like this availability of people with incredible stories and, and incredible, some were authors, some just had these incredible stories and, and they've just become very, very important people in my life. They're not just, um, as you were talking about in the beginning about connectors, they, they've become connections, but they've also become friends. They've become part of my tribe. So I'm very, very you know, what Touch by Prayer has done for me, both um, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, is more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine, just like it says in Ephesians 3.20. When I started the various podcasts and media that I have done, as I have gotten to speak with people, you know, that really opens a lot. It opens not only, like you were saying, connections, but it also brings out um, just different thinking a lot of times, different mind spaces with uh, just just different information that people bring to you from the time that you started or even with any particular guest, which interview would you say has had the most impact on you or how has it changed you from the time you started? I think that each person who has touched 
my life who has brought a deeper understanding because each the way that that I I kind of feel about the relationship with God is God is a diamond. He's a beautiful diamond and each diamond has a facet and each person gets to see a facet of God. And so as we start to hear and look at the their image, what they see of God, it starts to bring the image of God into a bigger revelation. It's because we only see one part. We see the relationship that we have with him. It's our relationship. It's very personal. But when we start to see how he interacts with other people, we get a broader picture. It's just like when you see a teacher, a teacher in school, she interacts with each student differently. And so your experience with your teacher could be absolutely phenomenal and wonderful, but that other person's experience, not so much. So what you what you're gaining is you're able to kind of sit back and to see how that teacher interacts with everybody. So that's what I kind of feel Touched by Prayer has done. It's really brought in my entire perspective of God's heart for people. And the one thing that's I can honestly say is that I have, I have never been disappointed in any of the stories. And I just, it, it truly amazes me, his love for his children and the depth and the things that he'll go through just to show that love, to bring that love. But I, I think one of the most, um, one of the most important interviews I ever did is I, I actually got to interview um, William Paul Young, the author of The Shack. That to me, that to me was, that was such a gift from God because after I read his book, that's what changed everything for me. So to actually meet the, the man who wrote a book, who changed my life, who gave me this beautiful relationship with God and just completely opened up doors was, that was like a birthday, Christmas, and any other kind of present you can imagine. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, a little sidebar on something, is that the book The Shack has had sort of mixed responses with a lot of people. And I've heard a lot of different arguments for and against. And um, I, me personally, I'm not 100% sure where I stand on it. I know my wife sort of has like her take on it as well. So for people that maybe are, I don't want to say against it, but are maybe a little wary of it, um, and you're telling us about how it really affected you and sort of triggered you into this whole thing that you do now. Uh, what do people need to know about the story as in terms of practical application? I mean, is it uh, are, are they just overreacting with certain fears? Is it what do I need to know about this book? Because I keep hearing about it all the time. And, and what's kind of the final word on it? What to me the shock was, it was a very personal relationship with with God, the father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, because I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. People were saying to me, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to understand the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't understand the Holy Spirit. I just didn't have any kind of a concept of what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit was. I mean, I just thought that the Holy Spirit was a thing. But when I actually read the book, I started to see the three facets of God, and I started to have a, a different clarity of what each person um, or each part of the Spirit of God is supposed to do as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the, the common denominator was love. They were all about love. That's, that was the beautiful part. He loved. That was it. There was no judging. There was no condemnation. There was no, you did this or you did that. It was about love, and it was about breaking through the condemnation. It was about breaking through the rules. It was about breaking through everything that was keeping the main character, Mackenzie, from thinking that God was good. And I think that's what I felt shot through me in the shack, because 
at that point I was, I was searching for God to, to really show himself, reveal himself. And after that, I pursued him. I pursued him with everything that I had. And I have never been disappointed. I have seen God do miracles. I have seen, I have spoken to people. I have seen people's lives change because of, of God's love for them. That, and so because I know that that's possible because of the shack, that's why I think it's such a powerful book. It just takes religion and it just kind of squashes it. And it says that God is good. He is a good, good father. But there also has to come a point we have to remember that he is holy. We have to be remember that when we do something, that what we're doing, he never walks away from us. We walk away from him. That's what that book kept saying. Because he was angry. He was hurt. He had all this stuff he was dealing with. And so he just was running away from God. But God pursued him. God pursued him. And if you really think about it, the very first person who goes to Mackenzie is Jesus. And it says that no one comes to the Father unless they come through the Son. And the Father sends the Son to go get him. That's exactly what happened in the shack. It was Jesus who went after Mackenzie. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't something else. It was Jesus. So that to me, I, I felt that there was there was scripture and scripturally, you know, I, I just think that God is so much bigger that I don't have to see him uh, looking like Gandalf. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I believe that he can become anything. He could look if he could become a fire and if he could become a cloud and if he could become a burning bush. That means that he could become whatever it needs to be at that moment. He could be a, he could be a tree. He could be a flower. He could be a butterfly. We can see God in everything. We just have to open up our eyes. Yeah, I guess when you're God, you get the privilege to kind of, you know, do whatever you want. So <laughs> I guess that comes with the territory. Exactly. But, but what that speaks to in your case, and I say this to people a lot of times, is that God will use anything. And it's like we were even saying before we got on the air today is that when we fight like healing battles, right? I'll throw whatever I can at it. We'll throw the kitchen sink at it. I'll, if I could teach my dog to minister prayer, I would teach him. I'd get, I don't care if it's man, woman, kid, dog. I'll get anything I can. I'll, it doesn't matter to me. I, I will put anything on the battlefield I can find because when there's a street fight, there are no rules. You just fight till you win. And that's, that's uh, sort of what we were saying beforehand. But. When we were chatting also, uh, one thing that I thought was very cool and that we are very big supporters of here at Dominion Fire is uh, women in ministry. And we have on our team uh, a significant number of women that will go out and minister and heal, and they are super effective people. And I know there's that debate going back and forth about women's role in ministry, but it's the same concept of why would I take half my army off the battlefield? I need numbers to go fight. I want this. I want this on my squad. So um, because you are doing this, you are one of the few that I'm aware of, of uh, ladies that are in ministry doing uh, radio and interviews and things such as that. And how has it been for you being a woman in ministry, have you met a lot of resistance? Have people been pretty good about it? What's been that experience? Well, for me, I, I don't know. Honestly, for me, I get accepted. It's, it's the most bizarre thing because I, 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 was, um, I was at a church just um, yesterday. I was at a church, never went there before. 
I actually went to go and see a very good um, friend of mine, Tyler Johnson, who I also kind of adopted. I adopt kids. I just adopt these young people who just have a heart for, for God, and I just want to promote them. So it's just my mama's heart. But um, so I went to this this church. They didn't know me from from anybody. They they didn't know me. They didn't know if I had a ministry. They didn't know anything. But they but I was able to minister. I was praying over somebody. I mean, it just it, I believe it's just a favor of God. I believe that when God calls you, you just go. He's going to open up the doors. And the the whole thing. I think we're coming into a place where women are starting to be recognized because we carry a different heartbeat. See, if you actually go back into um, the into the New Testament, there were a lot of husband and wife teams that actually went out. I believe that's the way it's supposed to be. I believe that that most men and women need to minister because women need to minister to women. Men need to minister to men because I think it becomes very confusing, especially because prayer is such an intimate thing. Being with the Father is very, very intimate. Having the Holy Spirit around you, it's very intimate. There are emotions. There is a rawness. So to to sometimes bring all that stuff out to a man is very, very uncomfortable. So I think that women need to be in ministry. I think that Women need to see women rising up to take their spot. You know, we're not just supposed to be in the kitchen cooking for the, for the, you know, the um, church, you know, socials. We have a, there's a voice. I mean, look at Deborah. Deborah was a, a prophet. She was a judge. There are people who went to her and they said, what do you think about this? I mean, God has used women mightily in the Bible. So for man to say that women can't be used, that just kind of so, that shows the, the problem with our intellect that we can't see the bigger picture. Because even when God created Adam, he created Eve because he said that it is not right for man to be alone. And so I will create a helpmate. Because see, man without woman is just, there's something missing. There's something that she adds to him, and there's something that he adds to her. So I think that if you look at the church, if we have both men and women, we're, we're doing, we're actually fitting and fixing things together. There's a part of God that is both feminine and masculine. That's just the way it is. Because how could he be our mother? How could he understand things if God was only masculine? God is non-sex. That's at least my belief. I mean, people... I'm sure I'm going to get lots of hate mail, but whatever. <laughs> but that's what I really, well, you know, that, that's what I believe. I don't believe that he is sex, but, you know, it says that God, that you've seen Jesus, you have seen the father because he is father. He is a good, good father, but there's also a part of him that is creator. And where does creation come from? Creation comes from women. We create, like we birth, we birth things. That's creation, Right. Men can't do that. So both men and women need to be used. So I hope that kind of answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell people it's it's funny. The the risen Jesus, the first person, first people he reveals himself to are a couple of women. Probably nobody was going to believe anyway. And then you got a woman screaming down the hill. He's alive. He's alive. Your first preacher, technically a woman. So just throwing that out there for for that. But also look at what it says in the Bible. It says that after Adam and Eve. You know, it says that it's going to be the heel of the woman's foot that crushes the the snake's head. Doesn't say anything about a man. Just saying. That and that was just Holy Spirit, because I forgot about that verse. So I'm just saying that God has a plan. He used Mary, which is a woman, to bring forth his son. He couldn't bring a man. 
So women are very, very important to God. He hasn't dismissed us. And I think in this next season, you're going to see women taking place. But I believe that because women have that mothering heart, we're, we're, we're just much more sensitive and much more, um, we're much more intuitive, I believe, that we pick up on things in a, that perhaps, and I'm not trying to say about all men, because there are some men who are so ridiculously sensitive that it just, it breaks my heart. Like I see them cry and I just, I lose it because there's a beautiful sensitivity about them, but that's not for everybody that, you know, that I believe is somebody who just really carries the heart of the father because Jesus wept. Just saying he wept, he was filled with compassion and he wept. So there's a part of him that was very sensitive and very compassionate. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that God is raising up women. I think that one of the reasons that I'm doing some of these conferences, because I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I'll, I'll do a conference, but if they're just going to come and sit and hold hands and sing Kumbaya and not get changed, I said, forget it. I said, find somebody else. I said, but if these women want to be trained, if they want to be equipped, if they want to be sent out, if they're ready to, for the more, then absolutely bring them. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll fill them. We'll change them. We'll show them. That's my heart. Yeah, let's pivot into that. So you have on your website, which is touchedbyprayer.com, not only your your program with your shows that you do, but women's conferences are mentioned. So how did that come together? Tell us about those. Well, <laughs> well, God, you know, he doesn't just start off with, you know, he starts off with little things, you know, and, if, and it says that, you know, if you, you do the little things, then he'll give you the bigger things. And so one day he was, we were kind of having a, a conversation and Lord said to me, he said, Lisa, he says, women don't know how to be daughters. My daughters don't know how to be daughters. That's actually what he said. He says, and so you will show them. And I said, okay, I can do that because I'm a good daughter, you know, both to my, you know, to my heavenly father and also to, to my, my natural daddy. Um, and so I said, okay. And I felt like daddy's girls. Now I didn't know that there were other people who had daddy's girls and I wasn't trying to copy somebody, but this was something that the Lord really showed me. So he started to show me that they have to understand their identity. He started to talk to me about the difference between a servant and a child and a daughter. He said to me, he said, Lisa, he said, so many people are saying that they are servants. He said, the difference between a servant, a servant does things out of fear. They're afraid they're going to be replaced. They're afraid that they're not going to be compensated. They're afraid they're going to get punished. They do things out of fear. But a child, a child does things out of love. If somebody comes to my house, my daughter will go in and serve my guest. She'll get them a cup of coffee, not just because I asked her to do it, but because she loves me. So she'll serve out of her love for me. She's not doing it for any other reason. That's the difference between being a servant and being a daughter. And so the Lord really started to talk to me about the identity. We're in an identity crisis. I mean, if you look and watch the news, we are in a serious identity crisis because they don't want yes. to say what kind of sex they are anymore. I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's like, how can you, what do you like? I'm going to, you're like an X and a Y. I mean, it's just ridiculous because you know what? If you yes. don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are, how do you go anywhere? How do you plan? How do you start to, to say, this is who I am. This is who I am. We have to ha- have that understanding and being a daughter of God well, that comes with great, like, rewards. You're a daughter. You're a princess. So at my first conference, the Lord told me to put crowns on every single woman. And so I found crowns, and I didn't do those cheap plasticky ones. I, like, got crowns. 
And I put crowns on every single woman and we prophesied because without prophecy, without having a vision, you can't go anywhere. So we prophesied over these women. And then I gave them necklaces and it had a crown on it and said, daughter of the king. And we just loved on these women. And these women were just blown away. They were just half of the women who came who were my friends hate women's conferences and would not come. They just, they did not want to come, but because it was me, they came. Now they'll never miss one because they said it is the most, they said it's not a women's conference. It's not a women's conference. It is so much more. It's an identity conference. And so this next conference that I'm going to have, it's actually called Unlocking Your Inheritance, which God said that he is going to give us the keys to unlock our destiny. It's going to unlock our vision. It's going to unlock dreams. It's going to unlock creativity. And it's also going to unlock the womb, the W-O-M-B. That's where the promises are carried. It's in the womb. And so that's what we're going to do at this next conference, which is May 18th through the 20th here in New Jersey. So if people want to find out about your uh, radio program that you do, what is the schedule and where can they find episodes and things? Okay, so we I do the show on Tuesdays. I do it Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I actually started to do Facebook Live. So I'm still trying to kind of figure out, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to bring up some of those old Facebook Lives because I was doing a podcast and I'm still, you know, when when you've never had a ministry, <laughs> nor have you ever like thought about having a ministry, it's like you got to start thinking ministry. And so I, I'm trying to take some of the old, um, some of my Facebook lives and I'm trying to bring them onto YouTube so that people can find them. I do have a YouTube channel, which is touched by prayer who I've um, on that. There aren't, there's like maybe four videos, but it's like James Gall. I mean, if you're going to have a video, you might as well have James Gall. I mean, even if you just have one to have, you know, the prophet James Gall is, is pretty good. So I have James Gall. I have Jennifer LeClaire. I have Cheon and I have, um, my interview with uh, William Paul Young. But um, so they can go to touchbyprayer.com. It's Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, they can also go to Podbean. Podbean, I have some of my past podcasts where I've interviewed um, different people. I, I've spoken to people who've raised the dead. I've spoken to, interviewed people who um, have healing ministries, who are prophetic. Um, and you just don't ever know what's going to happen because I always say that it's not my show. It's the Holy Spirit show. I'm just the host, but it's his show. <laughs> and so he just tells me what to do and we just do it. And it's been, it has been quite the ride. I will say that he is, so much fun. And every Tuesday, I just don't know what I'm going to expect, but it has always been full of just laughter and fun. Angels have shown up and gold dust has shown up. I think Nana showed up when I was interviewing uh, Kay Byer DeGraw, who was in um, Darren Wilson's movie, Finger of God. <laughs> her husband and her used to have Nana. And so there was a piece of Nana after I did the interview. I was like, are you kidding? I was afraid to eat it because I thought at first it was a crumb. <laughs> I didn't know where it came from. And then I realized, wait a second, I think this is manna. So you just you just don't ever know what, what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But it is, it has been such a blessing. And I am so, so very thankful and grateful for, for such a great opportunity. All right, there you have it, listeners. The website is touchedbyprayer.com. At, uh, on that page as well, you find the shows, the episodes, 
information about the women's conferences if you're out that way. And it looks like you have an email that is the word ask, A-S-K, ask at touchedbyprayer.com. And there's also prayer requests. They can also find me at, they can also email me at lisa at touchedbyprayer.com. All right, Melissa, I want to thank you for being here today. It's been a fascinating conversation. You're a little drop of sunshine here on our on our feed, and I appreciate <laughs> your uh, your your energy and your uh, your time with us today. And listeners, make sure you check out the the program and all the information. We're going to be uh, doing some more work together, hopefully in the future. And I am very excited. So, Lisa, thanks for being here. And listeners, make sure you visit the website anytime at dominionfire.com. Uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Dominion Fire, where you'll find all the 360 programs. But when in doubt, just go to dominionfire.com. And I think that's about it for right now. So uh, we'll see you next time here on Dominion Fire 360. Boom goes Yeshua. See you soon.